0: On today's episode of Let's Go Together, I talk with my good friend Kevin McGavro, and he has such a unique story. I mean, this conversation goes in so many cool directions. We talk about jumping out of planes, we talk about the stock market, real estate, and his struggle and different things that he's done in his life, his ups and downs. And we talk about his focus point and like what is the most important thing. We talk about tough decisions that he's had to make, you know, in his stories and just being able to reflect on those things. And there's so much value and insight that comes through his unique story to where he is now in living the dream life where he gets to spend tons of time with his family. And that is just such a noble and amazing thing. So without further ado, let's dive in. But first, the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Monatatavis, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. Uh, I'm so excited, so pumped. Bring in my man. This is an exciting because you and I have known each other for a good while now. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that we've been able to stay connected um, after all these years. And then turns out that now we live in the same city. So how about that? Um, able to get together. So welcome, welcome, Kevin, to the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, I love it, man. This is this is great. This is actually my first podcast, so that's exciting. And uh, yeah, it's been cool. I think we met each other. It was about six years ago. Uh, while you were still like on the East Coast and I was in Phoenix. And then, uh, you know, just last year I moved out here to San Diego and you know, then you showed up. I was like, hey, what's happening?
0: <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah. And you reached out that's what it's all about. You know, staying connected and being able to get together. Gotta love social media for that. Um, and I'm sure we'll maybe talk about that a little bit. Um, but real quick, <laughs> tell us a little bit about uh, <laughs> a little bit about who you are and who you serve. Yeah, sure.
1: So uh, my name is Kevin McGavro and, uh, you know, I would say that uh, I serve my family and I've, I've done a lot in my career to make sure that I could do that. Um, and, uh, you know, so outside of my family, so like I, I work from a home office, so I get to have lunch with them every day and, you know, we have dinner together every day and all kinds of good stuff. So, you know, that's, uh, that's always kind of first for me. Um, But outside of that right now, like, you know, at large, the people that I serve directly are uh, small business owners who generally use Infusionsoft uh, and all of the tools out there that connect to Infusionsoft to make sure that their marketing automation actually works. And uh, so I help people maintain, set up and maintain their complicated campaigns. Uh, which is fun because, you know, for most of, like, I also help people get onboarded with Infusionsoft as well. So I contract Infusionsoft to, just meet with brand new people. And my advice to them is always make your campaigns as simple as humanly possible because the simpler they are, the less expensive they are to run and the less expensive they are to maintain. The more complicated they are, the more people you need to like service and support it. Uh, and maintain it, and every time you need to make a change, that's like that's like money and so, um, so the people that you know I serve directly are people that have really complicated campaigns that you know I go in and maintain and manage and make sure that everything is flowing and working right,
0: yeah, and that's how we met, and you helped me, and that was great, um you know, because we were able to connect and what I loved working with you too is that you provided so much more value and insights aside from just being like, Hey, here's how you um, do, um, you know, this funnel, you know, or this technique. And now it's funny cause now the memory is starting to flow back on the like extensive long calls that we used to have. And you'd be like, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to charge you for, for this time. It's just you and I talking. And we used to just go on and on talking about all kinds of different, um, you know, business tactics and strategies. And um, and I think that that's a huge value that you bring to the people that you work with, regardless if they're using Infusionsoft, you know, and that's how we got to know each other so well, those yeah, long yeah. extensive conversations. Yeah. In
1: fact, like in our last conversation, like, you know, when we went out to lunch the other day, like you kind of brought back that idea where I was telling you how to like, you know, it was like, Hey, you know, like, go ahead and sell it before you build it, right? And, you know, like, make sure that, like, you can sell it and that people actually want it before you build it. Be upfront about it and, like, let people know, right? But, like, sell it before you build it. And then, you know, that, that also, once you do sell it, it gives you a whole different set of, like, motivations to build it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the funny, uh, you know, concept of that as well um is that, I didn't end up like creating and launching my course for like a whole nother year after like that conversation. It may have been longer than that. You know, it just goes to show you how much I had that idea of like wanting to create a course and just like didn't, um, didn't do it. But once you do, you know, amazing, amazing things happen. And I want to reflect too on something that you said, and I think it's so powerful is just like keeping things simple, you know, no matter what it is that that you're doing and how important that aspect is um, because I think that that is something that can be used through um, both our lives and our business and just, hey, we love, we love to overcomplicate things.
1: Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, ask it's, my wife. She'll tell you, I love to overcomplicate
0: things. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. So what yeah. I'd love yeah, to I'll do look is be like, oh, I
1: just made this thing really simple. Look at this. And she's like, yeah, okay let me go get a PhD real quick so I can like read that and then we'll talk about how simple it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's always good too, to have like other people's perspective on, uh, on what you actually think is super simple because sometimes it's not. Um, yeah. But would love to dive into your story a little bit because you have had quite the, um the, the journey, you know, specifically, you know, from your, your entrepreneur journey, you know, but also your time in the army, which I love representing, um, you know, and we're actually recording this on veterans day. So thank you for your, for your service, my friend. Um, appreciate that. So let's start there. Like what, what made you want to join the military? Oh man. Uh,
1: See, this is bad because other people are going to like listen to this. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyways, like I, I, I ended up getting in the army for like every wrong reason imaginable. But, uh, you know, that, that also leads to another point is like, like when you see people who are in the service, right? Like as many people as you see in the service, like that's how many reasons that people are in the service. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, you know, I was, you know, I was in high school, you know, punk kid, you know, whatever, captain of the football team, super popular guy. Uh, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, not a clue, right? Uh, all I knew is that I wanted to play football. And, uh, and so my brother had gone to West Point, uh, you know, several years before me. And that's the only reason that I even knew about that place. And so I was like, all right, well, let me go there, right? And the two reasons that I went to West Point, one, it was my best chance of playing Division One football. And two, it was a guaranteed job out of college. So that's how I ended up in the army um and uh you know funny like so my my grades weren't quite good enough to get into West Point, so I had to go to their preparatory school first and uh so their preparatory school also had a football team, and so I was on the preparatory school football team, and we had our very first like live scrimmage against like the the west point like second like second team right uh their b squad and uh you know, the first play that I get the ball, you know, I come around the corner and uh, <clears throat> and uh like there's nobody, there's like nobody out there. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. It's just me and this little DB. And uh, so I got the ball and I'm running down there and I get down nice and low. And I could have sidestepped him. I could have done a million things, but I was like, I'm going to run this guy over. That, that's what I got in my head. And he got down just a little bit lower than me and did a full just like explosion into my knee. Uh, and so like my helmet hits the ground, but like my foot stuck in the like, AstroTurf and like I hyperextended my knee and then came all the way back the other way. And so that pretty much ended my football career. So I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I guess I still get the guaranteed job out of college. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> uh, so that, that was fun. Um, oh my
0: God, yeah. I had anyway, no idea that you played football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, were you running back wide receiver? Yeah. I was running back. back? Yeah. Wow. How about that? That's. I was running back
1: for like a wishbone, you know, wishbone offense. So, you know, it was like pretty good position for there and whatever. But, uh, so yeah, so that that kind of ended my football career. So, I was I was too slow for the football team after that. So, uh, so I went to play a much safer sport while I was at West Point, and I joined the rugby team, which, which was a great time. So, safer being very much a joke uh, <laughs> but I never got hurt playing rugby Yeah, you know, it was a great time it was like probably the most fun game that's probably the most fun sport like ever invented
0: you don't lead with your head in uh in rugby like they do in football no
1: Not, no don't have a helmet it's a, it's a very different uh very different tactics very different technique um you know, like if, if football is a very very much a precision game and like you know like pretty much like every inch counts Right. Where in rugby, like, you know, you can give somebody like a whole, like, you can give them like half a field and it's okay sometimes. You know, like, like every inch doesn't really matter as much. Um, so sometimes field position is more important than ball possession. Sometimes ball possession is more important than field position. Like, it, it really depends on like who you're playing and like what your style is. But anyway, it, it's just a lot of fun. And I'm also yeah. convinced that you could watch like 100 rugby games. And if somebody's not explaining it to you, you'd never figure it out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I believe that. I, from what I've seen, I still I, I have no idea. But I am curious, <laughs> though. So, you know, being in uh, being in the Army, being a football player, being a rugby player, there's got to be some, you know, powerful um, lessons that you've kind of learned during that time. You know, what were some of the, were there any like pivotal moments? I mean, even going through the injury and, and having to deal with that, I'm sure was not an easy thing to go through. <laughs> oh, man,
1: yeah, you're, you're like you're definitely like picking at some old wounds that I'm. You know, I haven't talked about this stuff in a long time. Um, but yeah, so you know it's interesting. Um, like, yeah, obviously West Point's kind of a hard place to get into. There's a lot of, uh, you know, like just a lot of people there are like. You know, they're, they're people that have never really experienced a whole lot of failure in their life, I guess, right? Um, and, you know, and so, like, when it comes, because, like, you can't, like, you can't go to West Point and not fail at something, right? Like, it, it's just going to happen. Well, I mean, that I couldn't. There's probably people there that did, but not um, me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so after I broke my, like, after I, you know, blew up my knee, uh, you know, the following year, I tried out for the football team, actually, and I got caught. And then the year after that, I started trying out for the football team again. Uh, so my sophomore year, I was trying out again. And, uh, like, in the middle of tryouts, like, I ended up getting called into, like, the academic counselor because, like, academics were not my strong suit at West Point. Um, so like, I, I, struggled pretty bad in economics and like, in, and like, like when I graduated, I was like, like right in the middle of the pack, right? Like I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't one of the like smart kids up at the front and I wasn't necessarily one of the kids at the end, but like, I was like right in the middle of the back, but I, I like worked for like every grade that I possibly could to get to that middle spot. Right. Um, and anyways, to this point, right? Like it's not that I never experienced failure before this, but I never quit anything. Right. Like the only thing that I had ever quit before this was like piano lessons when I was in like, you know, know, like fourth grade or something. Right. Um, That was the only thing I'd ever quit before in my life. Right. So like everything else was just like, I never quit. I always kept going. And I was always like, you know, I was always able to make it happen, particularly in sports. Um, And so you know, I get called in in my sophomore year to like my academic counselor. Like I didn't even know I had one until like, I got called into her and I was like, okay. And so I sit down with this lady, really nice. She has like this whole, like very wholehearted conversation with me. And, uh, and she's like, well, you know, like, like, you know, the end of the conversation after we were talking about like my academic struggles and like, you know, how I don't really, you know, the time that I'm using to study and blah, 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 whatever. And she's like, well, have you considered quitting the football team, right, and it was, like, the first time that the idea of quitting anything had ever, like, entered my mind, right, and I think I, like, just, like, broke down and started crying, like, right there in her office, because I was, like, you know, because, like, the first answer was, like, no, (laughs) right, and then she was looking at me, like, and she was kind of, like, in this position where she's, like, I'm not going to say anything. Like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I will not say another word. I'm just going to wait for that, this whole like scenario to sink in for you. Right. And I don't know where she learned this, like, you know, mental ninjutsu trick. Yeah. I I don't know where she learned that, but it definitely works. I just sat there and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to do that. If I want to stay here, I'm going to have to quit that. And it was just, it was like the, it was weird. Right. So, it was like the first time in my life where I had to like deal with like quitting something like voluntarily quitting something because I wasn't good enough. Right. And it was the hardest. I think that was like the hardest decision I'd had had to make in my life to that point. Um, and, uh, and so I did, I went, you know, like within that week, you know, I went to the coach and I was like, you know what coach, I'm going to quit. And uh, yeah. And I quit I left and it was, it was like, Yeah, like the rest of that year was pretty miserable I wasn't very happy I didn't deal with it very well mentally Um, but you know it, it was definitely something for me to like look at and see like you know like why do I hold on to these things and and like where does that pain really come from and how do I set myself up for like you know like how do I sabotage myself and set myself up for failure with things that like you know like how do I know where to draw the line like okay It was clear that I wasn't gonna make the team. Right. Like it it was fairly like I knew that I wasn't gonna make the team, but still like the idea of quitting was still just like uh, it was like gut wrenching. So um so really just learning how to evaluate things and learn like where to focus my energy and like realize that I've only got so much energy to focus and like realize that like there are just some things that I'm not going to be good at it, and, and it's okay, <laughs> right, um, you know, like, because if if it wasn't okay, like, you know, like, it had to be, otherwise, you know, like, we're, like it had to be, so it, it was, that was one of the things that I definitely learned, like, going through West Point, was, like, how to, A, like, deal with failure, and, B, like, how to realize that there are things in my life that I'm just not going to be able to do, and that I've got to draw a line somewhere and say, okay, this is something that I'm not going to do and that I'm going to choose to set my energies and uh, all the other things like over here instead. So.
0: Yeah. and that's, that's a such answer a, to your question. No, and it's a great answer because you brought up some really, you know, important points because, you know, there's, there's such a mentality sometimes of like, you know, don't be a quitter, yada, yada, you know, um, And I did want to elaborate on a point of saying, like, when you said, you know, I wasn't good, but the truth is you were really good, just weren't like, you know, again, compared to what, you know, because at the end of the the day, you know, you were, you know, at West Point, you know, (laughs) playing, um, you you know, trying. So you have to be at a certain caliber to even be able to walk onto that field, to even attempt to be able to, you know, compete with those guys. So, Um, still, you know, again, that evaluation, but, and then what you said about focusing on again, like, you know, our energy, we're so limited by our energy. And I feel like that that is something that is often underrated and under um, evaluated into like how we feel, you know, you mentioned you weren't feeling great during that, that first year. And I'm guessing, you know, is because a lot of energy was focused on the fact that you're not playing football. Um, is that? Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Not in your head. Yes. Yeah. So it's just the idea of what we focus on can have such a huge impact on our lives and how we feel. And as soon as you made that shift in focus, then what happened? You know,
1: uh yeah what's interesting like i would say that back then like you know i wouldn't say that there was a big shift right like it it that lasted a long time throughout like you know like west point was not an enjoyable place for me i I just did not enjoy that place and i didn't i didn't like it Uh, um Rugby was awesome. It definitely helped me take my mind off of like it was a great distraction and it was a lot of fun and I loved playing it, right? Uh you know, I was able to walk on a team and like I was one of the fastest guys there. So I was like, hey, this works out. Um <clears throat> but uh but I could say that like, you know, like I was I was very determined to like hold on to my misery while I was there, right? Like I just like I, I wouldn't allow myself to like that place no matter what i did. even even though i did like a lot of like i was able to do a lot of cool things that i would never be able to do anywhere else in the world right like i was able to jump out of airplanes climb mountains like you know r- rappel out of helicopters i mean like i did all kinds of cool stuff but for whatever reason i just would not allow myself to enjoy being there right um and you know so i i I learned, you know, again, the things I learned were really just about me, right? Like I learned that like, you know, like I can, you know, like I'm not one of those guys that's like super excited one minute and like, you know, mad the next minute and then like somewhere in the middle. and like, you know, like that's it, not just generally how I am. I'm kind of like an even keel kind of guy. And when I'm down, I'm like, I'll stay down for a long time. And if I'm like up, I'll stay up for a long time, middle, right, whatever. And so like West Point was like four years of just being down, right? Uh, and you know, and it wasn't until like much later in my life, right, probably, you know, sometime after getting married and having kids and stuff that I realized that I was like, like, I'm doing this to myself, right? Like, I don't have to stay down, right? Like, this is, you know, this is just me doing this to myself, Um, you know? and And I heard somebody, there was, I don't remember who said it, but like a quote, it was like, you know, tragedy plus time equals humor. right. And so like one way to kind of get through life in a slightly better fashion is to like, you know, make the time piece of that equation shorter. (laughs) Right. Uh, And like just be able to laugh at yourself and like get over stuff and whatever. And so like now, like, you know, like, yeah, it's not that I don't ever get down, but I I don't stay down very long. Right. It's like I get down. I'm like, all right. I just kind of get back up and like, you know, get back to that middle even keel kind of place. Yeah, I guess slightly more stoic, I guess, where like, I don't get overly excited or, you know, overly upset about things anymore. Uh, But like, again, it was was like this idea of having kids and just like having this, like, you know, having a family that like, now I I have, right? (laughs) Right? Because like, there's no instruction book for this. Like, oh, like, okay, what do I do with this? (laughs) Like, I thought this was going to be easy. And, you know, just it just helped me realize a lot of things about And also just going out and being an entrepreneur as well, where it's like, all right, things come fast and you you just got to be able to roll with it. Right. Um, And, you know, now I can, you know, I can say my wife again, attest that, you know, when I look back at like my life or just like, you know, just my past, like I look back with very rosy glasses, right? Like all the things that like I just didn't like about my past, like I, I tend to either A, not remember them, or B, just remember them in a much better light than than they actually were, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, it was like, like being at West Point, that was like four years of like down, so like, yeah, like that's easy to look back and be like, yeah, that wasn't very rosy, but now I can look back and be like, oh yeah, like this these are the things that I learned, and like, yeah, I'm glad I went, it was awesome. <laughs> but it yeah. wasn't awesome, but I'm glad I went. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I feel like I uh, would do a disservice if if I didn't ask about you jumping out of airplanes and rappelling down mountains, (laughs) because that just sounds so awesome. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. was that part of the training? How does that, how does that, was that just like something you guys do in the army?
1: Yeah. So, um, so I went to airborne school, right? So, uh, there is a school in the army for airborne soldiers, right? So if you ever heard of like the 82nd Airborne, right? They're probably like the most famous uh, 101st, right? So these are uh, units that train, right? Like they go down to Fort Benning, Georgia, right? And we train and we get into big old, like, you know, basically cargo planes, right? Uh, and they fly them up and you know, it's, it, you learn how to jump out of planes and land, right? Um, so like, you know, I'm sure you've heard of like, you know, like the stories like, I don't know, if you've seen like Band of Brothers, right? uh, which is a great movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Um, uh, but they talk about, you know, how they went and like on D-Day, you know, how they kind of went behind the lines and they, you know, they dropped all the guys out of the sky and, you know, they landed on the ground and started running through. And that was like the first time that we've like actually did like a live, like, you know, like in combat airborne operations. Right um and so anyway so at west point i got to like in the summer you kind of get to choose like different electives right so um like you know you're still kind of going to school during the summer it's just like you're not at west point necessarily doing their stuff and so one of the things that i chose was to go to airborne school and uh you know that one it was funny right so i just talked about how, like how i spent four years down right uh, but that was something that i wanted to do so bad right that you know I, you know, I say, like, when you go to an army school, they definitely find a way to make it not fun, no matter how cool you think that school is going to be, right? Um, and, you know, that one, like, you know, the way they make that one not fun is, you know, they they make you run in formations very, very slowly, like forever, right? <laughs> you feel like you're just running forever. You're like, oh, uh, but you're super slow. You're in combat boots. You're running, like, in a circle, you know, in formation, right? It's just, like, the most monotonous thing on the planet. Um you know, and then they, you know, they're sitting there screaming and yelling at you, kind of like basic training, you know, but like while I was there, I was like, dude, I don't care what you do. I am going to enjoy my time here. This is going to be amazing. I don't care what anybody does, right? So I'm down there doing push-ups with a big smile on my face, like, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah. And, uh, and so while you're there, like you get, to, you get like five jumps. So, uh, so I got to jump out of a plane five times. Yeah, there's some kind of funny stories around that as well that yeah, like I get comfortable with things a little too fast. Like when you, so I had braces at the time. So I'll tell you, okay, I'll tell you a fun story. So I had braces at the time, right? This will be relevant at the end of the story. But, um, you know, like when you get on the plane, you've got like the jump master, right? And so the jump master is the guy who like kind of stands at the door like he's checking the door and he does all the stuff right he's the one that gives all the orders like stand up hook up right he's the one go go so he's the one that tells you to go and if you don't go he's the guy that kicks you in the ass to get you out of the door right which they literally do they will kick you in the ass and get you out of the door um and so uh so You know, they try to take like, you know, they have like chalks, right? So, like, you know, sections of people, right? Like, you know, so each chalk is like, you know, I don't know, like nine people or so, whatever, right? Um, And you have a chalk leader, right? And so the way that you get on the plane is the opposite of the way that you get off the plane. So the chalk leader like comes on last, right? But then they're the first ones to jump out, right? And um, so, like, on our third jump, (laughs) I was like, you know, I was the guy behind the chalk leader, right? And I was like, hey so like we're walking up to the plane we're all getting on and everything right the turf like the 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 propellers are going super loud and i'm like hey he's like wow i was like let's switch places he's like why wow. it's like i want to go first he's like okay right because like when you go first like you get to stand in the door like you're just standing in the door and you're waiting for the guy to say go and then you jump out like if you're not not first, then everyone else. You just kind of shuffle to the door and you just go right. Like you don't get a chance to like really stand there and look out and be like, wow, right? And I wanted to do that, and so I was like, let's switch places. It's like, okay, right? So we switch places, and uh, you know, we get on the plane, right? And now the plane's up, we're flying. I'm like in the first seat. I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be awesome. And uh, the sergeant, the sergeant airborne was like this old, crusty, you know, just like typical, like you know, if you ever saw, if you've ever seen a uh, Full Metal Jacket, right? Right, like the, the drill sergeant, full metal jet. This guy was like that, but like taller and skinnier and like his face was all wrinkled, right? I mean, he was he's he was perfect. He's perfect for this role, right? And so, you know, uh, so he's getting up, right? He's just about to start doing like the checks on the door and doing all the things Sergeant Airborne does, right? And uh that the jump master does, right? And so he uh he's he's just about to do those and he looks over at us and he's like and he goes over to the guy next to me. He's like, aren't you a chalk leader? <laughs> he's like, yes, Sergeant Airborne. Right. And he looks at it. He's like, then what the hell is he doing there? He's like, he wanted to switch. <laughs> right. And so Sergeant Airborne, like he kind of takes a step back, gives me this grizzled look. Right. And he like gives me the finger. Right. And I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> right. But he doesn't make me switch. So I'm like, sweet. <laughs> right. But he's like, gives me the scowl. Right. And then he goes, He goes and he does that, he checks the door, right? He does all those things, right? Now they don't have to do this, but every now and then they do, but they'll grab the sides of the door and they'll just lean all the way out, right? And so then they look to like the back of the plane and then they look to the front of the plane to kind of make sure that there's nothing there that would like, you know, hit you or whatever, like be an obstruction as you jump out. And so he's leaning out, right? So like you could picture, he's got both of his hands on the side of the door. He's leaning all the way out the door, Right. And he kind of looks this way, right? And kind of looks back in, right? He's looking at me. Right. He kind of looks back in and he's looking at me. And like I said, he's kind of like he's got like he's all he's like this old leathery wrinkled face. Right. And so as I'm looking at him, like I just got this big, you know, shitty grin on my face, right? And and like his his the wrinkles on his cheeks are just like flapping. There's like right. He's like, we're in a plane, you know, like we're like moving, you know. So these are just like flapping, right? And so he looks back at me, right? And he kind of gives me this mean look like, and then he opens his mouth. <laughs> and like his cheeks just open up. They're like, <laughs> it was the funniest thing I think i would ever seen in my entire life. But this guy's cheeks looked like he had apples, like, like grapefruits in both of his cheeks were they're just open while we're flying. Yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious. And so, uh, and so anyways, you know, so we get up we do our checks right and like you know now i'm standing in the door uh and like and so like you know, you stand up you hook up like you do like a check right everybody checks everybody else right and then like the guy in the front's like all's oh, okay jump master like after everybody else says what they are gonna say right and so then you just stand in the door right and like you know you're like in a plane just looking out the door and you're like oh this is awesome right all the wind's coming in right and like when the master says go like you jump right so you know needless to say I never heard the word go. <laughs> he, he kicked me way, like he never said go. He just kicked me out the door. <laughs> so I'm just standing there and he's just, boom. <clears throat> and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go falling out the door, <laughs> which is pretty fun.
0: He took that from you. You wanted to jump out and he was like, no, I'm kicking <laughs> kicking this guy right out.
1: Yeah, which was fine. Like I wanted to be, I wanted to be the guy standing in the door, right? The fact that he kicked me out, that was, I deserved it. That was fine.
0: (laughs) That's so incredible. again, I have gone skydiving and it's exhilarating, but I find Uh, it uh, so interesting to do it in this mentality of like doing it five times and being like super eager. Um, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. I couldn't wait. So, um, so, so when you jump this way, like it's a static, right? So your parachute is connected to the plane so like you don't pull your chute when you jump out you just jump out and the plane pulls the chute for you right and uh, and so when you jump out that way right like you jump out and as soon as you jump out because you're still connected to the plane and it's pulling your thing out you end up like turning sideways right so like you're like parallel with the ground like sideways and so um, and you've got like these, you know, the risers that are connected to the parachute, right? They come flying out and they're like that thick, you know, that super thick material, right? And so what you have to do is like keep your head tucked down while you're holding onto your reserve. You keep your head tucked down. And you got a helmet on. And so that way when the riser comes, like when like when you're leaning this way, when the riser comes this way, it goes over your helmet and not over your face, <laughs> Right? So since this guy kicked me out, I was like, no, nah! I was like, no, nah! like falling off of the plane. Right. And the riser just right across my face. And like I said, I had braces at the time. So, you know, like when I, when I got to the ground, I'd like pull my lip off my braces and, and all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> but it was, it was hilarious and it was a good time. Sure. <laughs> so there you go. So there's a nice segue.
0: <laughs> yes. Just jumping out of planes, getting your lips ripped off. Um, that's yeah, yeah. That it's is a good so time. wild. I, my experience jumping out of a plane was, and still to this day, the most exhilarating feeling I ever had. Um, you know, it was just one of those things that I knew I was never gonna forget. Um, because it's funny, you know, there's so much fear the first time around, you know, especially like the buildup um, you know, I just remember being so utterly horrified, but then when I actually stepped out on, you know, off of the plane, all the fear was gone. You know, it's just that yes. idea of, of what, you know, the actual fear was the getting to the point of skydiving, not the actual skydiving part. So I'm curious from your end. Did yeah. you have any fear when you like, when you went on the first jump, like what was going through your brain when you were going through your first <laughs> jump?
1: Yeah, yeah. Anticipation is always like, you know, anticipation is always worse or you know, better than the actual experience, you know, which is kind of funny. But like the anticipation of doing all that stuff and the fear that comes with that anticipation, uh, definitely. Yeah. You know, is usually like you said, like worse than the actual doing, doing the thing. And all of the fear kind of goes away when you do that. But for me, like, again, it was something that I wanted to do for so long. And I was so excited about it that, like, I wasn't, like, there wasn't really any fear. Like, I just, I just couldn't wait. I was, just, I was like, I was giddy the whole time, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I was Jesus. so excited. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh! I was actually, a little, like, at, when I did the jump and I was, like, out and the parachute was up, I was a little disappointed. I was like, oh, uh, was going to be more free fall.
0: right so i guess that is the difference too in the way that it's you're you're getting your shoot like pulled right away now have you gone back have you gone like skydiving or have you jumped out of plane since those like five jumps
1: uh i have not although it is something that uh it is something that i do want to do again um you know, I, I did opt to get like, so some other things like I, I ended up going to get like my scuba diving license instead. Like, so I had like this time I was like My skydive or scuba, skydive or scuba. And so I ended up going scuba diving and I got my scuba license and uh, did some of that stuff instead. But it is still like, it's one of my, you know, I guess you could say like, you know, bucket list kind of things is I want to go squirrel suit jumping right where you get like those wingsuits on right um, and in order to do that in the U S you have to have at least a hundred skydives under your belt or like booked. So that's something that is still like on my radar, something I still want to do. Um, so yeah, so I will be doing it again sometime. I just,
0: I don't well, know when. side note, I am looking to go skydiving for a second time. So if you want to go, you let me know.
1: Now I've got an excuse that I can like, you know, oh hey, Nick invited me to go with him. So I'm I'm gonna go. Right. Right now I feel kind of guilty. I'm like, hey kids, I'm I'm gonna go skydiving. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I know a lot of people are a little less hesitant to, to doing something like that when they have um when they have kids, but at the same time, like you're like more likely to get struck by lightning than you know, like yeah, yeah
1: yeah and it's not so much kids like i'm like gonna die or anything like that it's just like you know like on the weekends like that's really where we get to hang out and do our stuff and so that's when i'm hanging out with them so you know, as much as i like skydiving i like hanging out with them more
0: yeah and i love you know what you brought up when i asked you like who do you serve um because you did answer the question differently and i think that that is awesome because that's what this show is all about is bringing in different people with unique answers and you said, who do you serve? You serve your family. And I think that that honestly is like the best answer that you could say, um, because it just shows where your priorities are and what the most important thing is. And, you know, in business, it's so easy to get caught up in other things, you know, um, with like, Oh, I'm doing this. Am I trying to do that? I'm trying to grow the business. Um, so it's great to see that you, you know, have that priority, of like what's most important and everything else kind of comes, um, comes second.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, thank you. And, um, you know, like it, it was really like to get to where I am was a lot of, it was a lot of work, you know, like for me mentally to be able to get to this place. Right. Um, so a little bit more of just kind of like my journey and how I ended up getting here. Um, I, uh, yeah so I graduate West Point I'm in the army I, my first duty station's in Korea and uh you yeah, know and I kind of know already that like the army just isn't the place where I'm going to like spend my whole career right like I just didn't want to I do not want to be a career guy I was like yeah this is kind of cool this is kind of fun but like this bureaucracy is killing me you know like everything just like uh I don't have control over anything right um and strangely enough, like one of the things that just like you know bothered me a lot was like the fact that when I wanted to go on vacation, even if it was for like just a couple of days, like I had to ask somebody else permission, right? I had to have them sign a thing and had to tell them where I was going to be and all this other stuff. Was and I was just like, really? Like I'll, I'll be back, right? And so that that's just that that was kind of stuff that bothered me, right? Anyways um so i kind of knew that i didn't want to be in the army altogether, right somebody uh, i don't remember how but like somebody passed me uh um uh, sandy yeah it was actually sandy she gave me a rich dad poor dad book right so i like, go read rich dad poor dad and i was like okay so i can read rich dad poor dad right and i'm like ah i knew there was a better way right so i was like all right so now i'm all excited Right? like I know there's a better way, right? But I'm in Korea, right? Like, all right, well, what am I gonna do? I don't know. So I started. I started messing around in the stock market. right? I was like, okay, cool. Let's let's uh, learn about options, right? Like this is gonna be the coolest thing ever. So started learning about options, and this was the year 2000, right? And uh, and I ended up putting like a lot of my money and a bunch of savings, and it was bad, like into a uh, into a stock option, right? And you know, ultimately, the deal with options are right, like there's a time limit on them. And once you reach that time limit, like it's either you sell or you don't sell. And if you don't sell, then like it's gone, right? Um, And uh, basically my option price went to like zero. I was like, I didn't even know that happened. Oh, crap. And so like I lost everything. I was like, crap. So everything I put in there, I lost it, right? And so that's kind of when I learned that like, you know, the stock market is really a gamble, like no matter how, like, and so, the the big like dot com bubble was like you know that's why two thousand was relevant because dot com bubble was kind of blowing up um, and so I realized that it it is a it's like. Yeah, it's a gamble, right? Later on, I read a book about like Warren Buffett and how he actually made his money <laughs> uh, through like venture capital and basically how he controlled the companies that he was like invested in, <laughs> as opposed to like he just invested in these companies and they happen to do well. Like, no, he like went in on the board and actually like started controlling the company. So a little different sort But anyways, uh, regardless, right? Like, so to me, I was like, all right, stock market is little different than Vegas, right? yeah, there's probably, you know, ways to like, you know, make it less risky or whatever, but like, I'm not spending my time doing that because I don't enjoy that. Like sitting there like researching companies isn't what I want to do with my like free time, right? Um, so, uh, so then I was like, all right, cool. Well, when I get back to the States, I'll start buying real estate. And so I got back to the States uh, and I didn't necessarily start buying real estate right away. Uh, you know, I was just kind of like, I was learning about it and I was like talking to other people. Um, and then, uh, then I ended up deploying to Iraq. So I was over there for a little bit. Uh, and then I came back and then I went, I, I left Fort drum and went to Fort Sill. And, um, when I was at Fort Sill, I ended up buying like five properties around Fort Sill. Right. So I had five homes around Fort Sill. I lived in one, I rented the others. Um, you know, but again, like I, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like winging it, right? And uh, and like none of those properties were bought like with a great deal, I right? It's like, oh, I got a great deal, right? I was just kind of doing the math in my head. Like, all right, well, if I rent it for this and the mortgage is gonna be that, and then, you know, if I get like, you know, my rental income will be this plus the management fees and yeah, yeah, this will work out. Like I'll make a prop, like I'll make, I'll make money every month. This will be good. Uh, And it wasn't a ton, right, it was just like, you know, just a little bit, um, but either way, so I had five properties, right, I'm like, all right, this is awesome. So then um, I ended up getting out of the Army, and I moved to Phoenix, because it was the fastest-growing city in the country, and I was like, all right, well, there's opportunity, that's where it is. Uh, So I got a job in Phoenix, and I wanted to start buying uh, commercial real estate, right? Uh, So I moved to Phoenix in 2005. And I started buying properties in 2006, and yeah, you know, everybody knows about 2008. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like that market actually started crashing at like you know, towards the end of 2006, kind of into 2007. Um, and so I had to short sell a property, and then because it was an investment property, they came after me for a deficiency judgment, and so then another huge chunk of my, you know, life savings went into paying this deficiency judgment, which is fantastic. Um, and then I ended up selling all the properties over in Oklahoma and basically breaking even on them, <laughs> except for one, I kind of kept it for a little while, but then, you know, like I changed my email address and apparently I never told my property manager. And so the house was empty for like, six months and I didn't even know <laughs> and I finally like you know one day I decided to look at my bank account and I was like oh hey I've only got enough in here for like one mortgage payment Like, what happened I call my property manager oh there's nobody in there like you didn't think this was worth calling me about <laughs> you just thought like a single email like oh I nobody there that was good enough. okay so uh so that was interesting um but uh you know whatever we uh Yeah. And I, and I ended up like quitting my job. Right. And I was like doing all kinds of odd and end jobs, just trying to figure things out. Um, And, you know, yeah. So I was working at Honeywell It was a really good position that I kind of torched so that I could go do real estate. And, you know, my head was like in a network marketing company and whatever. And so like all that stuff just kind of crashed and I was like, crap, what am I going to do now? Um, And so I kind of started this little business that, you know, you know, you know, for, you know, in hindsight, like literally never put a dime in my pocket. It only took money out of my pocket, um, but whatever, right? I'm running this little business and, uh, and I'm trying to like, you know, do that and, you know, still like feed my family. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so like the idea of like working from home or just like being able to do something from home is like, like I'm never gonna get there, right? Like I'm, I'm gonna have to like do something huge and sell it or something and then like i'll just retire and just stay home with my family but like other than that like i just don't see a way to do this so like back then like it's something that i really really wanted but i just didn't see a way to like ever do it right and so then um yeah so like i said i was taking like a lot of just like odd admin jobs right things that like you just never imagined Uh, like one of them was like i ended up like at a used car sales lot as like a sales manager, right? And like I was digging, like I was I was scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, then uh, I ended up getting a job at like a gas station as like the night clerk, at manager, right? So I'm working nights at a gas station, trying to run my business during the day, networking, doing all kinds of things. I mean, it was crazy. Um, and uh, so, anyways, then I ended up like you know getting a job at Infusionsoft, and uh, like through all my networking, I like I met like one of the um, executive level people at Infusionsoft, and you know I ended up getting a job there, and uh, and that's kind of where I really started to learn more about like marketing, like you know like what I actually like the marketing side of business. And Infusionsoft at the time was only like a hundred and some odd people, right? So it's still fairly small, and I got to see a lot of like the inside workings of how things were working and why and yeah so it was like I, I was getting like a very i was getting a really good education there um and I saw like all the things that I did before that were just like you know naive right I'll just leave it at that and uh so I was like okay all right like let's let's try this again so i I leave infusionsoft and um you know I just started doing like my own infusionsoft consultancy you know agency kind of one man band kind of thing. Um, and uh, and so I like when I left Infusionsoft to do that right because like I was actually commuting like a good like 45 minutes to work and like an hour and some change back just the way traffic works (laughs) Um, you know and so I was like so even then I was like I can't I can't like I'll never be able to just be at home, right? And so anyways, all that happens, right? And I I left Infusionsoft and I was able to like start doing like, you know, like my consultancy from home, right? And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to get an office, do all this stuff, right? And then I just, you know, I like really stopped and thought about like what was going on. I was like, I don't need to do any of that. Like, like after a couple of months, I realized like, hey, you know what? Like I can actually get some like recurring customers. I can make some things happen and like, I don't have to go anywhere i could stay right here right um and you know and so i was able to stay home right like have lunch and dinner and you know breakfast if i want with my kids like every day and like you know the weekends were still free and anytime i wanted to take time off during the week to go do something i could just like block off my calendar and like that's it like all right yeah yeah, I can tell a couple of people, Hey, it won't be available. Right. And maybe I have to find somebody else to be like, Hey, if they have a problem, like go reach out to that guy. Right. So, you know, I, I had to make a couple of precautions or whatever, but I was that was it. And I was like, all right, let's go. You know? And so, yeah, you know, as a point, right. Like two weeks ago on a Thursday, you know, it was, you know, it happened to be like one of the lowest tides over at the point Loma tide pools. And my daughter's really into like, like Marine, like, biology stuff and i was like let's go and so there we are thursday afternoon right right after lunch hanging out down at point loma you know i forget the name of the place but like at the end of point loma and you know checking out the low tide of all the tide pools and stuff and we ended up seeing like this big old octopus you know and like i I love octopuses i've never seen one out in the wild before and sure enough man there it is and uh, like one of the park rangers was there, and he's got like this stick, and the octopus is like putting his arm up there, and we saw him kind of swim around. I was like, dude, this is awesome, yeah. You know? So I'm there at my kids, watching this octopus out in the wild on a Thursday afternoon. Like, all right, You can't beat this with a stick, right? Like this is a, this is like the coolest thing ever. Um, and you know, and like I know that you know, most people be like, oh, you gotta you know, building, you like, if your business isn't growing, it's dying, and all those other kind of things, right? And I get it. Right. Like I totally get it. And I'm like, I'm all about that. But like I also understand like what it takes to do that. And you know, at, at this point in my career, like I can make this choice and say, I'm not willing to do that right now. Right? Like because of what it costs to do that, I'm not willing to do it. Yeah. You know? So like I, you know, as you know, like I have got ideas falling out of my pockets, you know. <laughs> but like I know what it takes to like make those ideas and get them off the ground but like i don't another thing by the way that also you know added to a lot of the education was um you know shortly after i left infusionsoft there's another friend of mine that worked there who left as well uh, and he went on to start a venture capital fund uh so he was like instrumental in helping them get like their you know their latest round of funding when we were there and so he went and created his own venture capital fund and you know kind of brought me on as like an analyst. And so, you know, I spent some time with him and like helped, like I watched how he grew the fund. And then like, as he started, uh, got like, you know, his committee meeting and started investing in small businesses, like I was there when they were like making the decisions about like who to invest in and why, right? And so from that perspective, I was able to kind of see all the things that were going on there and like what it takes to like get there and what those people were gonna have to do in order to, you know, in order to like receive that money and what they have to do after they get that money and you know, all these kinds of things, right? Which was more of the yeah, I'm not willing to do that right now. Right. There's a time and there's a place where I might be willing to do that. Uh, but right now, it's just not that time and place. So yeah. Oh, now you're living you the dream. Up, right. So now that you bring it up, right? Like I can go all the way back to, you know, like my time at West Point where I had to like, you know where like I had to make that decision to like quit the football team and like, you know, and that was like a point in my life where I was like, okay, I've got to make a decision to do something that I don't necessarily want to do to get something else that I want, right? Like I wanted to graduate. I didn't want to, Like I definitely didn't want to quit like the academy. Right? I wanted to graduate. I also wanted to play football. And so like, I had to like, I had to choose, right? And that was a tough thing. And so now, right, it's like, I want to grow my business but I also want to grow my family, you know? And so I'm choosing to grow my family as opposed to like being breakneck guy on my business. Right. Um, and I'm not like the kind of guy, like, you know, I see like, you know, um, like some of my kids like take, like, like So my kids take these other classes, right, that are, like, now they're online or whatever, right, and the teachers are basically just, like, you know, they're not, like, they're part-time teachers that kind of, like, do this stuff on the side, right, and, like, you know, one of them, like, I don't know how she does, she's, like, Wonder woman, right, she teaches this class, right, and like and now that as everything's on Zoom, she like drives around and like gives people like the material that they need for the. It's a baking class, so she drives around and gives them like material for the baking class. She also works as a secretary for a, another business. Uh, she's got four kids, and you know there's something else that she does too, like work-wise, right? Like she's like a she's like a freelancer of something else, right? And I'm just like, like you somehow have like mastered the art of like infinite energy and like the master of being able to like bifurcate your attention like I don't know how you do this that's amazing I, I know that I can't but you are amazing <laughs> um you know, like I, I know for me like if I was going to try to do even half of that A half of them wouldn't come out nearly as well as they need to be and I'd probably be pretty disappointed at like you know everything else that I'm doing like it, it just wouldn't turn out well um, so like, I know that about me, and that's okay. Right. And so like I, I make that choice. So yeah, there you
0: go. No, I love go it. And again, yeah, I mean, cause I think it's a, it's a tough choice to often make. And, you know, is it possible to potentially, you know, grow the business and still have time with your family potentially, but it's also about, you know, where do you want to spend your time? And, you know, I love that that's what you've chosen to do. You know, I think that that's a, you know, it's all about the mindset around it. You know, like you're not going to regret spending more time with your family. You're not going to be like, oh man, I wish I didn't take my daughter, you know, on a Thursday to go see an octopus, you know? And then, so I think it's an important lesson, especially because there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening you know, we get wrapped up in our mind, we want to work, work, work. Um, and there's just so much more to life than trying to build a business and to just like enjoying it because what is the point if you don't enjoy the journey, you know? And I think that that is, you know, in summary of like the things that, that, you know, you're discussing again, like the, the power of, of family and, you know, how all of the choices that you've made, have led you to where you are today that allow you to take those Thursdays to spend the weekends with your kids. Um, and that's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing.
1: Thanks. I mean,
0: I'm
1: a little biased, but yeah, I think so too.
0: (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. And you've mentioned, um, you know, this has been, this has been extremely valuable, you know, in, in, your experiences and your journey of just everywhere you've go, you know, like you talked about just the, the focus points and, and having to make tough decisions, you know, that's such a, a huge part in how can we make, you know, these decisions, especially one that is um, conflicts, you know, with what, if it's two things that we want um, and yeah. having to make that, that's having to make that tough. choice um, yeah. and having the focus of the things, focusing on the things that we want, you know, how much did you talk about that? You talked about, you know, what do you want? You know, you wanted to work from home. You wanted to. You didn't know how to do it at the time, but you figured it out. You know, and eventually got it. And I think that is so powerful. Um, yeah. And yeah. and so as we wrap then, this up, there's sorry, certainly a fair just... amount of
1: luck in there. Yeah, you know, that's that's for sure.
0: <laughs> so modest, so modest. <laughs> <laughs> As we wrap this up, um, I know you mentioned a few books. You mentioned the rich dad, poor dad, which, you know, to me, that's like such a powerful book about money that everyone should read. And, and, you know, there's real estate involved in it, but it's just really eye-opening about the perception of money um, that I think is like one of those, like, I think it goes with like thinking grow rich in just like one of those books that everyone should read. Personally, yeah, you know. um,
1: yeah, so like if I were to recommend any one of his books, um, it would be The Cash Flow Quadrant, The Cash Quadrant, so Robert Friazaki's Cash Flow Quadrant, yeah, um, and unfortunately, I've actually had a chance to meet, yeah, you know, the author,
0: he's got really good editors. <laughs> what do they say? Never meet your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> No, other than that, so we got that. Is there any other book recommendations that you have that were just like absolutely, um, you know, huge in your development?
1: Yeah. So when I, when I wrote the thing to you, like I actually, I kind of went back and looked through a bunch of books that I read in the past and like, I put like all the ones in there that I thought had made a pretty big impact. Um, so I didn't memorize the list, but like it's, I definitely sent it to you.
0: Um, so it's in the bio, in the show notes. Yeah. So, you know,
1: some of the ones like recently, right? Like, so recently I read, uh, like I, I had a chance to work with a guy named, uh, uh, Dane Maxwell and like, you know, he was writing a book and he wanted to get it out there. And I was like, all right, well, let me check out his book. Right. Um, you know, he had hired me to do some stuff and then I read his book and I was like, wow, like usually like I wouldn't expect, like I, I didn't expect much. And I was like, this is actually a really, really good book. Um, and it basically talks about like, you know, a very practical way to start a business from like nothing. Right. Uh, without wasting a ton of time, without spinning your wheels and, you know, stuff like that. It's really good. And, you know, and it was interesting because like there's, there's like the practical side of it and then there's like the voodoo side. of it, Right. So he, he gets a little touchy feely talking about like, uh, you know, emotions and all this kind of stuff. But like in a way for me, at least, I was like, you know, like, yeah, like, he's a little bit woo-woo talking about this stuff. But at the same time, like, I feel these emotions. Like, I feel the things that he's talking about. And, like, I, I know these things happen to me. Um, and, uh, and so he mentions, like, you know, this coach that he has. And I was like, all right, you know what, let me, let me look this guy up. And he was actually pretty hard to find because uh, he doesn't have a website. He doesn't put himself out there, right, like, it's just the way that he is. Uh, but I found him and uh and you know like and so that book has been instrumental for me in both that like it's really cool practical way to think through things and like look for and plug holes in your business if you're already starting one or like you know look for and set up like really cool businesses if you haven't right it's it's a it's a good book Uh, but i found that coach and uh you know started like you know i hired him and like from the mindset perspective, like the stuff that he does is been like very transformative for my mindset in general. Um, it's been awesome. Right. And like, you know, a lot of times when you hear mindset, right? Like you think of like, roar, 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 Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, I'm going to go through this wall wow. and I'm going to break through the wall. right? And like, yeah, like this, you know, like somehow you end up with this, like, you know, unstoppable amount of willpower. Right. But you know, clearly that it's not the case. Right. Um, And more of just, like, the internal emotional battles that we all have and being able to, like, notice them, right, where you can notice the feeling and understand that the pain that you're feeling or whatever emotion else is coming with it, like, just understand that, that, like, what you're feeling is real, but it's not necessarily true right? Like the reason that you're feeling it isn't true. Right. And so if you can like feel that pain, right. And just be like, all right, there it is. Like I, I can't get rid of it. And like actually just feel it. Right. But then notice like why you're feeling it. Right. And it's kind of like noticing who is feeling it. Right. Cause there's like, you know, I think of it as like other, just like people in my head kind of thing. Like, oh, Like, you know, it's this guy, he's thinking this stuff and like, he thinks that all that stuff is real, right? And that's why we're having this reaction, right? And then like, you kind of start becoming like friends because you can notice that that person, like who that person is, you can notice that it's not really you, right? Which is why the things that are being said that bring up those emotions, right? Like are generally not really like true, right? The feeling is there, but like, it's not really true very Byron Katie esque, which is another great book, by the way, uh, loving what is by Byron Katie. Um, and so then like you get to notice the person who's having that emotion and having those feelings. And then like, when you notice them and they're not you like, but you, like you realize that it's something inside of you, right? Like, like this really interesting feeling of compassion for like those emotions, like start coming into you, and like in like the problem, like the the pain of the emotion kind of goes away, right? It like instantly goes away, and it's replaced with like this compassion, right? Um, and and it's like it's an amazing like when you when you do it, and you do it right. It's such an amazing, just like uh, like it's refreshing. It feels great, and like it gives you energy. You're like you're not just like anymore from those emotions, right? Because everyone has emotions that makes them feel that way. I, So, um, so anyway, so that, that's, uh, yeah, that's what I've been getting out of this coach. So that's why that book is like the latest book that's been like super instrumental because I found the guy that he was talking about and I'm having, you know, like these kinds of experiences. So that's
0: awesome. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you bring up a great point and just the importance of having a coach and how impactful that can be. Um, you know, we all have our own blind spots. We all have our own, um, internal struggles and to be able to talk with, um, someone else, um, that can then walk us through us, talk us through us, um, all of these things that we're, um, discovering and overcoming and it could be people too. It doesn't necessarily have to be a coach, but obviously people who are trained, um, you know, in the, in this, uh, you know, specifically mindset, things of that sort are going to have a greater impact on just like your day to day. So you brought up a great point again, just your thoughts are real. I love what you said. You said your thoughts are real, but doesn't mean they're necessarily true. Um, and I think that that is a great caveat in like when you're feeling something and you're saying something in your head, ask yourself, is this true? You know, what evidence is there to support this thing that I'm claiming in my head? You know, we often say something like, well, I can't do that. I've never done that before. Well, is that true? Just because you haven't done it before. Does that mean that you can't do it? Is there anything that you've never done before, but then when you did it, you were able to do it? So it's you know again when we start to learn these you'll love the Byron Katie book. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it. That sounds right up my alley. I think it's an important aspect of how we can reframe our brain to ask the right questions um, for ourselves. Because if we can put that kind of wordsmith on ourselves, um, it come becomes really impactful. You know, it starts with other people doing it to you um, with books, podcasts, coaches, but you know, you can start to, you can start to use these techniques on yourself. Um, and it can be, you know, transformative with, with just your day to day and controlling your, you know, ups and downs and swings of emotion, which we, we all have. So that was a, um, a great, um, kind of final, uh, closing notes there. Um, so that was awesome. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and thank you for being here. This was, um, awesome it was so cool to have you um and hear stuff that i didn't know about you already even though you know i just saw you like last week um Um, so thank you again for being here do you have any final uh final notes or words or advice for our listeners
1: um yeah I, i just uh not really Go out and, you know, whatever you're doing with your life, man, just make sure that it's going to, you know, make sure that you're enjoying your life while you're doing it and that you're like making the right choices, right? Like a lot of times making the right choice doesn't necessarily mean that you're enjoying your life, right? Like, you know, being in the Army, I, I, I realized that, right? Like, you know, I had to do some things in the Army that weren't like, you know, the great, like deploying to Iraq and saying, well, I'm not going to go, right? Like that, you know, like that was the right choice going right, and doing what I had to do there, but it wasn't, you know, and and I think that, you know, making that choice actually made my life better, right, and so now there's other things that I know that, like, if I choose A, it might make my financial life better, but, like, the things that I really hold dear won't be better, right, and so, you know, just making those tough choices and really having those conversations with yourself about, like, which one of these things is going to make my life better which is a hundred percent a subjective question and yeah, you know, only you can answer it
0: so. love it awesome thank you so much kevin thanks for being here um thank you all the amazing listeners and remember and let's keep growing together wait wait one more thing i would first like to say thank you thank you for listening and if you enjoyed this message please take a moment to write a review by writing a review it helps people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and please tag me at Nick J. Bonnie, N I C K J B O N I, so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.